Hello, welcome to Tangents. Um, this week's episode is one that I would have always wanted to do since I started doing this. Um, one of my favourite bands for years. Give a man a kick. They're a two-piece, two-piece noise band from from Limerick and uh, oh, Steve, Steve Ryan. So he's first person I've ever had on twice because I, I interviewed him himself before um, and we agreed we'd do this at some stage. So Steve and Keith, Keith Lawler, were Give a Man a Kick and uh, with Give a Man a Kick no longer exists but um, their first album was having its 20 year anniversary so we said we'd do, do a get together, have a chat. So yeah, the lads called out to me and we had, we had a lovely chat. Um, they went kind of through the first, well, through the three albums they released and what happened in between those albums, gigging, um, riots, you know, and um, just the whole experience for them back then, like getting reviews, bad reviews, uh, jerks on Facebook, giving them grief, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, the bands they got to play with, and... Um, yeah, they, they, then we do a little quiz about musical duos because um, the lads were always bragging how they knew I knew everything about musical duos. So we'll see if they do. And um, yeah, then there was just people that sent in questions for me. Um, most common thing was people wanted to know if they were getting back together. So we address all that. Uh, what I will say is there is... Um, uh, we were outside, so there's a bit of background noise uh, between dogs. Oh yeah, I will say that like there is a couple of occasions during the podcast where dogs bark suddenly. I took some of it out, but some of it is like as the lads are answering a question, you can still hear them answering, but it's just you might get a shock when the dogs bark. It doesn't happen that often. Uh, then there's a big tractor that comes along. Um, I don't even think they were actually doing anything just, just being nosy I think just trying to get a lamp and listen to the podcast that drove up behind us a few times you'll hear that but um, overall I think the sound quality is fine you'll be grand and um, yeah if you were ever a fan of Give a Man a Kick or the lads I think you'll really enjoy it and even if you weren't just enjoy listening to a few stories and um, two boys reminiscing. Okay, thanks. Advert what day? By the 5th of August 2003. Then Albert. But by each, each of us a copy of the third series of Family Guy. Signed Albert Toomey. That was a big deal at the time to own that third series on DVD. Oh man, everybody wanted that. Yeah. I think the only band that had a copy was The Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you get it? I don't have it. No. I don't have it either. No. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting here with Steve and Keith. Give a man a kick. Keith's after bringing a big box of memorabilia. And uh, the lads are just looking through it and we're going over some, some memories here. Yeah, yeah. some memorabilia doesn't go over well on a podcast, does it? No, no, it doesn't. It's 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 like we what did the Fugazi a flyer from Fugazi signed by Fugazi 
That's a pretty nice find. That's a good find. Some pictures of Steve with a big bushy beard. Junior and a contract from Albert for Family Guy Series 3. If you still sell three on What's that one? DVD. If you were the better and give him a kick. Shane Keegan recorded. 2006. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's... Yeah, was it yesterday? It's okay to be low, Jesus. Was that 20 years yesterday? Uh, exactly. About a week ago, I think. About a week Kieran, ago? It was actually Kieran Ryan uh, of Out in a Limb uh, who sent me a message there on Instagram to remind me that it was about a year and a week ago yeah. that, that the launch happened, I think. Yeah, I know he had said to Steve earlier when we did a podcast, try and catch you around then for yeah, the 20 did, yeah. for the twenty year, get Keith out. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks for doing it anyway, lads. Thanks getting for, out here. And, um, yeah, so what's what's your memories of that time back then, like, when you got started and everything? How I don't know. I'm very aware that it's, like, over half my life ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, recently, I've been more aware of that because um, people have... Of people you know, po- posting 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the 20... No, and me saying... Time. 20 year anniversary yeah. podcast I mean, you said that to me actually yeah. the last time I, I got a fight yeah you fell over I did I did purposely <laughs> um, but my memories of like, it was an absolutely brilliant time I mean we were in our early 20s um, so you we were were you in your early 20s you were you? and you you've uh, been you've been playing with Toot yeah mm-hmm. and you were playing with Casino Casino um, and, and like you know position figure this is 52 the Wiggums yeah well. of yeah. which there are posters and stuff in there yeah because um, he had yeah, start guitar in Casino you know yeah uh, but drums in those previous two bands and so mm. I kind of knew Keith as a drummer first and foremost I knew he was playing guitar really well in yeah. Casino but also I, I was looking for kind of <laughs> you needed a drummer <laughs> yeah yeah. The, Wig- the Wiggums was the first first band I was ever in anyway and that was with Pat and my friend Eric. The Wiggums. Predominantly and Jar Carmody and Tiernan Redden. We started Is that a Simpsons reference? Like, yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. Um what were we maybe sixteen, seventeen then? Yeah. But um that kind of then twenty odd years later you just walked into my house and my kids are watching The Simpsons. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Comes full circle. Synergy. 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 All of these things. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah, I think the first time I remember seeing you was maybe with Rocket from the Crypt. Yeah. yeah. A G, the album out by then? No, or was no that was we 2002. Were not together that long. No, uh, at, at that stage, that was a big score of a gig to get. Yeah, that uh, was definitely our first big support of any yeah, description. Absolutely. And and perhaps the first time playing in Dolan's Warehouse as well, maybe. Yeah. How did you yeah, put yeah, that off? So. I can't remember. I don't even think it was it wasn't an AMC gig which is which was predominantly where we were playing most of our gigs at the start mm. through AMC gigs. I think it was just like it's so funny because Rock from the Crypt were and still are probably in my top three favourite bands of all time yeah so I'd still listen to them pretty regularly as well and they wow. were uh, uh, Van Staple and tour as well um, because because yeah. they were into and we played them which made it even better because they were so sound uh, they were just really nice fellas and like you know yeah, they were rockers <laughs> yeah. yeah and they, they had everything that came with it but and they were amazing just, yeah. they, were, they were just amazing. brilliant no that was brilliant. incredible and I remember I, we were playing like in Speedo from Rock and Rip just standing there in the middle of where I was looking at us, just <laughs> yeah. looking at his head, you know. Like they were young fellas at the time as well. Yeah, they, I mean, they, late, it was late, 20 years ago. Late 20s. 21. You know. Yeah. I, I think I managed to get like a crew to come in with me of people who had no idea by just playing on a rope. 
Yeah. Like just going here and putting on that, and then they were like, "All right, I'll go. I'll go see him," because yeah. that was so fucking catchy. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. even if people who had no interest in music were saying we're going, but I remember even in between songs, like the let's say banter with the crowd. Yeah. was like top class it was brilliant like yeah. everyone was loving yeah. it everyone was in such yeah. a good mood like. it was rock and roll saviour antics yeah uh, the band it was, it was just brilliant uh, and uh, I think we learned a lot from that gig just watching rock and roll clip and, and the way we, the way they behaved yeah. yeah I think we carry that kind of uh, learning from bands that were supporting uh, but just like paying attention to everything they were doing mm-hmm. and how they were interacting with the crowd and what you know what made us go yes we will do whatever you tell us from the stage yeah uh, I think we kind of incorporated incorporated a lot of that because we got to yeah. play with a lot of our favourite bands yeah, yeah. and a lot of bands who we didn't really know and then became our favourite bands afterwards yeah um, still got a lot of that kind of memorable stuff yeah like the way they would intera- interact with the, with the crowd like they had a guy outside the stage who had a flip book and was going through lyrics and uh, you know and dan- there was a guy dancing there and we was like this is fucking mental yeah. yeah so we took a lot of that stuff that was memorable stuff that was just yeah. jumped out of the normal format and we were kind of we were sponges for that like we loved yeah, it uh, and also there was only two of us you know we never made any conscious decision to make it any more than two of us yeah really cross our mind once or twice a day was like that's fine uh, so we, we wanted to we pushed we pushed to kind of entertain a bit more yeah to give people you know more to kind of think about rather than just two lads on stage yeah. giving it their all of which we were uh, it was maximum energy. Yeah, it was pushing the barriers of what two people could do as much as we could as well. That's what that was our intention. I mean? Yeah, trying uh, to play keyboard at the same time as playing the drums, yeah. or trying to play drums at the same time as playing guitar. Yeah, you know. So I, I kind of I think we wanted to make sure that people who were there just couldn't avoid what was going on on stage, and yeah. the only way they could avoid it by just leaving, playing, leaving. That was it. So if you're there, you're stuck with us, it's and you're going to be like ah! for <laughs> half an hour, forty-five minutes, or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, that we wanted kind of those polarized opinions. I think. Did uh, did, did anyone ever uh, like make an offer to become a third member? Yeah. Or yeah. drop hints. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 A few, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I had a question. I might as well say it to you now. Look, it was for later on, um, and it was saying like if you had to have a third member, right? I don't know, there's some mad stipulation. Mm. You're going to get like Family Guy all seasons, right? <laughs> Every season. Um, if you have a three piece. Are you going to take on a keyboardist, a sax player, bass player? You can only pick one. Right. Turntablist, piano, or violin. Has to be one of those. Yeah, yeah, that's your options. Sax. I'd be interested in the sax as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Yeah. It <laughs> depends what kind of a sax, because we, we played with the band Zoo a couple of times. And they were drums, bass, and this like massive baritone sax. Yeah. Did you play with them? Yeah. 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 There's a flyer. Flyer. There it is, right there. <laughs> that was in it's like staring at me. In 2004. Calgate, Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. We played with them in Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes. Well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know if we played them in Limerick actually. I think it was don't just in the Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so they obviously are like monolithic bass sound. Yeah. The, the sax. So. So that'd be that would have been interesting, yeah. mm. and we did, we had a couple of people definitely we who we always we talked to and you know but well, what what would you do and <laughs> even someone even came out to the shed yeah Colin yeah, Shea Colin came, Colin out, came out that's right yeah yeah and he he played bass yeah it was great yeah did he yeah. play bass or keyboard uh, I know I know they could play keyboard he, he tried out um, he was playing bass, bass in okay. that that day anyway uh, yeah just it never happened for whatever reason there's a few people who, who would ask us about it and suggested. We were kind of at that time flying along. Yeah. And it, you know, we're reminiscing earlier on, just catching up on stuff. And 
you reminded me like we were playing three nights a week in Limerick at the start <laughs> yeah. yeah we play every time all the time yeah. so like if we did get somebody on we'd probably have another gig tonight after and we're like ah, look we're just, we'll just go we'll just we fire ahead as we time. are and we didn't yeah. have time we to, we didn't have time to, yeah, to, yeah. to, to practice with other so where, where were you playing what like the high stool, <laughs> just the high stool every night. Castellos, Castellos, the high stool. Gregor's, is there. The boat club. Yeah. The boat oh club. yeah. The boat club's their first gig. That's right. Yeah. 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 You joined in halfway through the boat girls team. Boat girls team. Yeah. 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 I was doing a solo show, uh, and I, I was doing the Golden Girls team as part of it because I was like it's a good sound. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of we'd arranged and the keyboard kind of kind of trips up halfway through it and just suddenly start playing drums really loudly. And then the last three songs were really loud and shouty. Did it go down well? I don't really care. But it, 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 it felt like it was great. Here we are, 20 years later, yeah, talking yeah. about it. So. That was it. That was I think it. it went down well, yeah. People were shocked. Yeah, and yeah. oh, yeah, from Rock from the Crypt there earlier, we were talking about just uh, RIP to Rick Froberg, who would have yeah. done yeah, their uh, art. And so you, you got to play with him, Yeah, right? played with Hot Snakes. Uh, about five or six years ago I think with the band I was playing with in Dublin called Sea Beasts yeah we played with, with Hot Snakes and then we were reminiscing more, more so with um, Speedo about the night in Limerick can you remember it fond memories have come to Limerick can you remember it yeah 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 Class. it was a mental night actually outside of the outside of the playing with them but they were we partied a lot with them afterwards and I didn't were on their tour bus I went home I went home yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he, he wrote all over my guitar Speedo from Rock and Crypt yeah. all over it Still like what kind of things was he right? Rude things actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff is put in my case and didn't show it to my parents. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, still have it, still signed by Speedo. <laughs> That's class. Yeah, yeah poor old Rick Froberg though, that was sad. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, yeah. very sad. Um, and it's okay, it's okay to be low Jesus then. Um, when that came out, what kind of reception did that get? Good. Mixed. Yeah. Um, I just remember Tin Pot Drums it'll always <laughs> stick in my mind forever <laughs> who, you'd say who that? said yeah. that we got a lot of good yeah, reviews and one it. review was like three and a half out of five you hate that review like you always want four <laughs> or two I don't want three and a half three and a half uh, yeah. yeah anyway so yeah <laughs> there was loads of potential there uh, and they said something kind of semi-derogatory about the guitar and the Tin Pot Drums Jesus uh, and Keith yeah. really took that personally for many years and still does now well yeah. because there was I, did, I had recorded the Sugar Bowl um, you had as, as a snare in one of the songs, yeah. which was influenced by uh, David Silveria from Corn. Oh yeah, like, bum bum things. So I was doing that in a sugar bowl at one point. <laughs> they were actually bad review. Kind of coke as well. Yeah, We recorded that album in um, where, where Keith used to live in O'Connell Street, just like flat at the very top of O'Connell Street. And what was that street that it was crossing with? Up by the tutorial, like up that Mallow side. Street. Yeah. Lower Meadow Street. Yeah. So the corner there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bruce College. Yeah. Georgian. Yeah. 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 yeah, it wasn't. Right it, was, the corner. it was kind of decrepit. Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all run down. Like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was decrepit. It's got overhauled now of late, I noticed. Okay. Uh, which kind of made me sad and happy at the same time. Mm. But, uh, yeah, our, our friend Mark O'Connor kind of recorded us up there. We did all the drums up there, I think. Yeah. And then we went out to Mark's house where he was living in Anacotti, no care drive at the time. And, uh, Recorded guitars and vocals and sugar bowls, belly claps, belly claps. Anything we thought that would be weird to Yeah, bellies were more robust sound. Yeah, yeah. So we recorded all there and mixed it. Mark mixed it with us, 
Um, I mastered it, I didn't know what that was, I just turned everything up and read it out, some of it read out. Uh, and I may have added in more guitar tracks as well, I thought I needed more guitar tracks. <laughs> uh, and samples, I put in samples and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember it was a sample. Rock right. and roll dance party. And then yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, give him a kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, we released it, and, and I think we were talking about this earlier actually, it was the first time we kind of realised what we sounded like maybe because uh, in our mind we were just like high energy almost pop punk kind of <laughs> party band <laughs> yeah 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 and you know certainly not abrasive in any way like no. yeah. big songs yeah okay yeah, I get that like banging you know, a lot of choruses and then we heard the album like oh jeez oh maids popping out of our necks and faces and stuff <laughs> uh, so that was that was definitely really helpful for us uh, and that album like made a lot of connections with a, a lot of kind of musicians and younger bands that we heard of many years later yeah. who would talk to us about that album you know uh, and it, we put our life and soul into that album and uh, of course we had then people like Albert Toomey and Richard Burke uh, and, and Kieran Ryan helping us out by forming out the Limb Records and helping, uh, helping Is that us the first like, out in the Limb release yeah yeah um, yes yeah. Oh, yeah, 0001 nice yeah, and yeah so that that was like what we were saying earlier like it was, just, it was a formative time it just like felt like all of us and all of our friends were in bands and everybody was doing this yeah um it was just it was class you know it was just it, it seemed like a breeding ground at that time for um everybody to be recording albums demos uh tours playing wherever every form of socializing was re- revolved around either going to a gig or going to something to do with a gig or yeah yeah to hanging out with other people in bands or whatever but yeah. which i'm sure is the same now but uh, that, that's like for us 20 years ago that's what this was born of you know because we yeah. met each other through going to gigs yeah. through each other's other bands you know yeah. and um, what was the I, I remember you telling me before about like Jer Canning did his son get in contact with him? his yeah. nephew maybe was it his son I think Mike Mike Canning I think the fellow's name was remember getting there was an so email there, there's a song in the album called Jer Canning it's the first song yeah, yeah the first yeah. song I don't know how we got it because within days of the album being released. And what did he think you were slagging his dad? Or? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he was. <laughs> he, he just wanted to know what it was about because he couldn't understand the vocals. Yeah, and we told him the truth. And it wasn't about Jerk Henning. It wasn't any at all. Shape or just form, like either. the title, and I, I had no idea who Jerk Henning was because I had no background in sports yeah. or liking a sports team at that stage. Uh, Keith just really liked him as a commentator. Was that it? Or? Well, it was. Be- it was kind of because we would always we would often practice on a Sunday yeah. Yeah. and there would always be matches on Sunday and yeah. I would always be trying to watch a match in between bits of practice <laughs> so I'd go in and watch a bit and come back or whatever um, and then Jerk Annie was taking ages in the toilet as a voice it was yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> Jerk Annie so yeah, so the young fellow was like why are they slagging off my dad <laughs> where are these guys <laughs> he was very nice he was very nice yeah Yeah. we just told him yeah, just, uh, just like keep, keep a big fan of your, your yeah. and who was on the cover that woman so my sister was friends with this artist fella in Dublin I, I think his name was Flang and he was uh, he was a photographer and he had loads of just shots or whatever and she had this big printout of this particular photograph and we zo- zoomed right in actually the only reason we zoomed so close in it was supposed to be the whole thing yeah. was because we couldn't figure out how to get it into this we couldn't get a scanner big enough to scan it we could only scan that amount of her head so that's why it's so close <laughs> yeah um, but you know happy coincidence because it's way better like that yeah. but I have the original one at home the, it's a big it's a massive big shot though, isn't it? Yeah. just a woman her getting kids her hair done didn't get in contact with Geraint and that oh. oh he's my man the cover <laughs> <laughs> just a big fan of her yeah <laughs> and um, but that was just the way like 
it's the DIY type of thing. You're like, no money here. We've no, we don't know anyone could take a photograph or draw us. What do we do? There's yeah. a picture. And it was literally just hanging up in the shed where we practiced. Did you use that? Yeah. I remember we brought like this stuff, and there was also Frank uh, gave us the illustration on the yeah. inside of it. Um, and we brought it to Eric Fitz because he was the only person who had this program, Quark, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Eric Fitz of uh, the Hitchers um, helped us with this. Uh, he goes, Yeah, I can do that. And he, he kind of put the artwork together for us. Uh, which is amazing, and then give me a loan of a Marshall JCM 900 SLX uh, amp, which was our sound wow. uh, for as long as I wanted. He's like, hey, you, I'm not using this. You take that for as long as you need it. Still have it. So sound Eric Fitz and everybody else. Sure sound. So sound. Yeah, and that was like the sound, my guitar sound for for. All Do you still have the amp though? No, I give back to him. Oh, okay. he owns it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that is sound, but I I do another podcasts and talking to other artists and stuff that besides us y- yeah <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> let's and uh that even now that seems to be you know with doing album art and all that it's so, someone you know and someone you know from college or yeah. everything like that you just gotta just work it out like make it happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's how old women end up on the cover of albums yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um then we are the way forward, 2005. How well, how was the reception for that then? That was pretty strong. Yeah. That was good. Good reception. There was no right. like coming out party. There was no yeah, like tin pan drumming. No, there was weirdos. I mean, weird we got shows. a lot of life out of it. Okay, to be loud, Jesus, and then we were we got a lot of gigs out of that, and we were able to sell that as kind of our merch and stuff, and um, it, it kind of, you know, it got us on the road in a big way. Um, and so we were able to get gigs that started paying us a bit more money and stuff like that and we were able to save up money and uh, we said we'd chance of going to a studio but we were touring with this band called Berkeley. we did a few dates with them uh, Berkeley were great and they'd recorded with Steve Albini and cool, uh, yeah. they seemed to know what the deal was uh, so we became good friends with Tommy and the lads and um, Tommy was setting up his own studio which was very far away in Letterkenny in Donegal uh, and he was setting up kind of in the attic of his parents house that's how we described it, but it was a pretty big house with an actually massive attic yeah. that he'd set up to a yeah. really high standard as a studio. So yeah, we drove up there in our van uh, after playing loads of gigs for three years solid, I would say, uh, and bad things happened to our van, didn't it? it, it yeah, we yeah. crashed in the way. We crashed, that was it. Uh, On the floor again? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah first of all, we got put in by the guards because I forgot to put in my, du- my new tax disc that I definitely paid, <laughs> and I pulled it in and I said, I can't turn off the engine, he said, turn off the engine. The mechanic we just left said not turn off the engine just drive straight there again turn off the engine <laughs> so i turned off the engine and the guard went yeah you're grand so just make sure you bring a test this within two weeks to your local guard station and i went thanks and he drove off and went the van didn't start so we'd cut out the mechanic yeah. again he's like why'd you stop the van <laughs> <laughs> i told you not to the guards yeah. so he started the van and went, drive again. <laughs> don't stop and yeah when i needed to stop that one time then in our drown or whatever it was the yeah. van didn't stop Hit a big uh, patch of water big patch of water with a lashing rain and, and he's kind of cruising into a car in front of me and the car cruising into me and yeah so we had to ring Tommy uh, we're hitting some hit assignment um, and we had to take all the gear out of our broken van put it into his van and go up to Donegal so we had about three hours sleep and got the next morning record the album in about three days I think in shock got the yeah. name aquaplaning from it yes yeah. we were stuck for a name for a song aquaplaning came out of there oh, that's where that came from yeah, yeah. Savage song. Thank you. Love it. It's a good one. There's a small guitar in it. Well, there's no. Um, oh yeah, that's a small guitar. Oh, there's no. Uh, there's no bad songs in that album, like. Thanks, Vinny. Yeah. 
It's a uh, uh, reprogrammed. I'd give it a good, you know, three point five. Man. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that that went down well. The reception that was yeah. was great, and we were we're still really proud of it. Obviously, and, uh, but it was it was a uh, our first kind of art space of time. Three days. We did six days. Of mi- we recorded for three and mixed it in three. Yeah, we're six all days all together. Yeah, I think that week later after everything. Yeah, driving up and driving back. Yeah, except yeah, we couldn't drive back. We had to rent a van. We had to rent a van to drive back down because oh, ours yeah. was broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to go back, collect stuff out of our broken van, get it towed <laughs> back to Limerick, and then rent another van to drive up. I can't remember. Drop what. off something. Yeah, Barney something like that. Yeah. And when you returned then for that album, where were you? Like, was it just around Ireland? It was a boring story, actually. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was very boring there at the end of the renting events and stuff. That's oh, alright, man. I can edit it, don't worry. <laughs> I can win in some dog barks or something. <laughs> yeah, we had it off. It's, we, we, with the, is it okay to be loud, Jesus? We did everywhere in Ireland. Like, we did everywhere. Three nights in Limerick a week. <laughs> Four or five times as much as we could. We just played everywhere. Every yeah. bar, not even venues back in, you know, back at that time we just play wherever we get a gig uh, but then when that when we were the way forward was coming out we were did we do did we do the undertones tour before it came out I think we did actually. as it was coming out as actually, it was coming out yeah, when we did our, our launch we'd just come off the back of three weeks playing in England that was it and we were as tight as we've ever yeah, been yeah we were pretty tight at that stage yeah we, we toured around the UK with the undertones which is brilliant to be done by the way then uh, yeah, that, was that was another learning experience we kind of left with like not a lot of money. Not to be grand. Yeah. Uh, it was fine that we survived, like, but it wasn't grand. <laughs> we get, we get <laughs> load, first night load of tips the on the way. Yeah, because we'd gotten rid of. We had for. Is it okay to be loud, Jesus? And and the one that drove to Letterkenny, we called it Fergus. Yeah. Our old van was being massive red and white transit. It's a great van. But it died. It after died. That. As, as um, yeah. story just there. It did a UK tour. It did dr- during those days, but, but yeah. It drove from Milton Keynes up to Glasgow one time in one day for a gig <laughs> that nobody came to. <laughs> we played Milton Keynes yeah. one night. That was with Sue actually, uh, and then we got up at half ten next morning and drove to Glasgow. We arrived there because it was a big, a big accident on the motorway. And we had some mad diversion. We got there around seven o'clock to play at eight, and then the promoter was like, "Sorry, you know the main band cancelled, so not a lot of people are going to come, and a lot of people didn't come." It was, right. <laughs> was that Edinburgh? Was it Edinburgh? Was yeah, it? I think it was Edinburgh. Yeah, okay. There was nobody there. Yeah. And uh, how did you get on with the Undertones fans? Like, were they? Uh, they were great. The Undertones yeah. are yeah. absolute gentlemen. They were brilliant, uh, and yeah. they, they took care of us as well. Like, yeah, uh, they were looking out for us. And I think after kind of three nights of us sleeping in the van, we, we were like, "That was fun." Thought <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Yeah. They're like, "You sleep in your van for three nights." Like, yeah. stay with stay? yeah, so they gave oh, us money. One, come stay in this hotel. Ah, sounds like legend. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a shower and stuff. Because yeah. there's a dumpster at the back of the hotel. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been using that the whole time. Yeah, they took us, took us out to dinner and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. We met some great bands on that tour as well. Remember, particularly yeah. the lads in Birmingham. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah, do you remember them? Yeah, they what were they called again? Skunk. Uh, they were a Ramones tribute band. There was that band, and there was another band that were quite popular. Okay, that yeah. were. Well, they on the bill with you, is it? Yeah, for different yeah. dates, like yeah. Yeah, there'd yeah. be different bands opening as well as, as well as us. Class. They were called. They were, they were Havana Go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their teachers as well. They were class. Yeah. And so for a nice curry. What about the riot then? The key started. What was that? That was in. That was our last night. Yeah. Oh, Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit unfortunate. In a place called Legends. Legends. Yeah. It's Gary Gary Lineker's place, is it? Could be because it, it was it was a nightclub that that 
the venue we were supposed to be playing in something happened with it so it got moved into this nightclub like, venue there's a footballer owns that Go away. It's, yeah, it, yeah. it was like that anyway it was very yeah flash mirrors it. everywhere yeah and, yeah that's definitely that's some football around that's the corrugated floor yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so that's that's, that's the kind of crowd you had that's a crowd yeah it was yeah. a tough crowd a tough crowd so yeah, I said something stupid I shouldn't have said it's Limerick or Limerick uh, Ireland had qualified for the Euros I think that day and England lost a match yeah and I was like delighted great day today Ireland after winning the match and England lost so uh whatever is our next song and then next there was in the middle of that song there was a break where just the two of us sing like it was spit yeah and you could hear them gammons running at you you could hear something being sang in the crowd yeah and they def- definitely weren't singing our song no uh, they were singing god save the queen. Singing queen it was a very very small uh part of the crowd yeah um, and, and not at all not at all representative of the undertones fan base at all yeah, yeah. No. and they were aghast at the whole thing and severely apologetic nothing to do with them at all but uh, no, yeah, that's my last memory. Newcastle having that back there. Yeah, the battle started flying, and then uh, they wouldn't. The undertones wouldn't play until all the cohorts of the crowd were taken out. Yeah, whatever. And they did. It was great. Well, long Keith. It's <laughs> yeah. been outside in a little ride <laughs> after three weeks of the most amazing tour ever. Yeah, yeah. It was just so sound. Steve, Steve, how should we say thanks to the undertones? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then, yeah, we're after that. Then, welcome to the cusp. 2008 flying ahead to 2008 Jesus yeah. big jump there big jump <laughs> did I? Uh, well like between 2003 and 2005 that was two years 2005 yeah, it was three years but it seems like it way longer for some reason mm. in our mind it occupies a lot more time because it kind of I mean weird way forward took another step um, yeah and then we were getting bigger gig offers and uh, festivals and and tours radio tours and TFM and stuff like this and, and DJs were supporting us and uh, it, was, it was different again from where we come from you know and what what's, um, like what kind of airplay would you been getting just actually uh, getting played on the radio uh, never in the day obviously yeah like alternative radio and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was kind of funny actually because we, we actually engaged a PR company who were brilliant they were excellent as well yeah uh, for the release of that album. Sure. it made a difference uh, but again in retrospect when you hear the kind of music we were giving them to try and pitch the daytime radio, and why aren't you getting us on daytime radio? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in our heads, we were pop. Yeah, like, yeah. All the time, we were just these are pop songs. Yeah. I'd listen to this on the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, maybe their hands were tied a little bit, but we were still had these big expectations, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it was. They were they were heady days actually, around that particular time, because we were at least working to the cost of ourselves. We weren't on out of limb with that. Yeah. Because we left out of limb. For no reason other than we really wanted to try and do this ourselves yeah. without leaning on them, uh, and I don't I don't know if I regret that decision. I, I definitely it was difficult at the time to say that to them because they were brilliant. Uh, Albert Toomey, Richard Burke, and Kieran Ryan. Yeah, I know they were disappointed, uh, and I was disappointed. I've disappointed them. Yeah, but I I think around the time we were thinking the only way kind of to to really have a crack at this was the two of us just intently concentrating on everything ourselves for better or for worse so that's what we did um, so things changed a bit like we were working we were rehearsing kind of three days a week we were looking yeah. uh, to have we were practicing where the Dell factory used to be um, it's Troy Studios now. Troy, Troy Studios, Studios yeah. we yeah. had a room in there it's incredibly kind man PJ Noonan allowed us to, to practice in there 
uh, we so we were in there like treat it was our job you know we were mm. doing this three days a week writing writing planning our tours uh, just planning everything so it was kind of a full time job for us at mm. that stage you know um, so we were throwing everything we had into that uh, not that we hadn't been it was just like we were just trying yeah. to focus on everything just do everything ourselves you know from everything we'd learned from working with everybody else you know? yeah um, so that's what we did that's what yeah. we did we did that as a, for the when we started touring Welcome to the Cusp as well we took that kind of aesthetic that this is our job and do you remember when we when we did those those launch gigs we were dressed in shirts and ties <laughs> like, like the album out. cover that's right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's we, right uh, yeah. we had a clothes or a coat stand in the middle of the stage we'd yeah. out, take our coats off hang them up and then start playing we had a filing cabinet I think at one point yeah and, and lamp things yeah yeah, because it was, it was just, it was our job then, we were just out doing our job. I think I, uh, it was Nick Cave I saw saying that in an interview years ago, do you know why he always wears a suit? Yeah. Yeah, and um, someone was asking him why, and he said, because it's my job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I get dressed for my job, wear my, I wear my suit. Style, wearing the, the boiler suit for <laughs> Yeah. For oh, studio work, yeah, yeah. an engineer. Yeah. Um, and the... Like what when the welcome to Gus came out, like as far as I remember now, that got a really good reception as well. Yeah, it right. did. But again, like the Tim Pot Drunk thing, I remember the day it came out, there was like somebody on our Facebook page. Uh you sent it to me actually. I was like, What's this guy? Uh, some guy wrote um some like uh he was disappointed basically. And he kinda of said I'm really disappointed. Uh, what was it? Because um, you were in suits. Weird way forward shows you how good you can be and this just isn't it or something like that. Yeah. It's like thanks man. God, it's like twenty four hours since we released this album. That tainted it for me immediately. And you know, I know you shouldn't be listening to reviews and stuff like that, but you always listen to the ones that are good, you know. It's like, yeah, you got yeah. it. That yeah. person knows. Was well, he a reviewer or just some guy? No, just some guy. Oh, oh, geez. Geez. I wonder if that it. All, there is there is something there for me with that album as well. It's yeah. slightly tainted, I don't know what it is. It was that you sent it to me we were so disappointed. Like, I know it's fine to worry about it, but I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Yeah. This one guy, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's on to us. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, but yeah, he, he thought it was cool not to send a private message, but to kind of just put that. Yeah. Yeah. And did you better. know him? Was he a, a, a fan for years or yeah, just I, I guy? I think we must have known him, we must have met him at gigs and stuff like that. So. And he was fucking had enough of this like yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah that, was, that was kind of the attitude so that that was within 24 hours of, the, of us releasing yeah. and uh, putting a lot of work into it and everything yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so yeah we still we still toured it and gave it our all obviously because because uh, i love that album it's a great album yeah it's class um, and it, it's different again from the you know yeah we definitely didn't write the same songs twice at any stage or, or release the same album twice no. at any stage i'm really proud yeah, of it they're all very different and w- i remember brittle bones getting uh, used was it on an ad on RT or something? It wasn't, yeah. it, it wasn't it, wasn't it? It was well, was it? It, it was it was <laughs> in an ad for a TV show, so it wasn't in yeah, a, an ad for a TV show. RT might advertise like I think it was Law and Order, no, what it was, was it? CSI, was it CSI? Yeah, yeah. it was, it was yeah. CSI's coming out next week, the episode of CSI, yeah, Bones CSI was used in that, nice, but yeah, it popped up in a few places. Not Brittle Bones, Fats was used in. That was a TV show with Des Bishop. That's right, yeah. Go ahead. Saying that Sports was in something. It was in a GAA thing. I think it might have been a GAA promo at the end of one of our Hurlem match, something like that. I don't think they knew the title, but it's used the real. Make a lot of money from those, I'd say, do you? Yeah, well, it was all Emerald kind of money back in those days, but we were very close to getting Brittle Bones in an ad. In an actual. A real ad? For big money, yeah. Yeah. Kerry Gold, the sad. Oh. Do you know that, that ad with the fellow who brings the sad of turf home from yeah, yeah. cuts it up in, in 
carry and brings it to Berlin, put his, feet, his kids' feet on it. So it was that ad, and they contacted us, and we were oh, up until the very, very last. It, like it was going out, and then they put it into testing, and they tested it against like a, a room. Yeah, you know who was in charge of testing? That fucking Facebook guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was the audience were like crying or something. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It you still exists. It still exists on the director's website because I've looked. I've looked for it. I work in that industry now, yeah. so I've, I looked for it recently, and it's there. And there's no way you could put that in telly. Like it's it. extremely it's dark. It's going to kill his entire family <laughs> yeah. and put them in a box. Yeah. Spade them over the head with a turf. Oh my! Uh, what song did they use? They just uh, uh, library tracks. Ah, okay. music, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's incredibly dark. Ed. But we were like, this is it. We've made it. Get yeah, the we'll get yeah. money for that. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. Dark carry gold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. I, Eamon Sweeney was this um, when I was looking up there. He seemed to always have uh, have your backs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a big fan. He's a legend. Eamon Sweeney's brilliant. Uh, I've always enjoyed chatting to him and hanging out with him. Um, but I yeah, he, but I saw a review. He, he did a lot of reviews for the Independent, maybe. Yeah. And he saw us yeah. like he he saw us at bigger gigs that we were doing support at rather than our own gigs, I think as well. Yeah. Which is always cool. Uh, he was president yeah. of the United States of yeah. America, and he twice, he kind of I looked at the review, but like he said, you were you blew him off the stage, like. Yeah, that was did, a cool yeah. review. That was yeah. in the Independent. Remember my dad reading that out at the kitchen table. Yeah. Uh, at home, because he, he reads that and whatever. He's like, oh, you play like that there? Yeah, yeah, we're playing like that there. So I'll read it out there and whatever. That's not the way Keith's dad talks at all. <laughs> <laughs> Much lower. <laughs> but yeah, that was cool, because like, things like that are what make it real. You yeah. know, when it sort of seeps into just... Oh, geez, you're in a band, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah so I've been in a band for ten years. Like well, that was uh, in the independent because again, that was the paper he, he read as well. So yeah, Jesus, I mean, must be I mean, he's a paper, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like the, our parents. It's not a fanzine or something. Our parents yeah, were yeah, massive yeah. supports to us the entire time from the inception. Yeah. Like even your parents allowing us to make that racket down in the back of the garden, <laughs> <laughs> absolute Poor racket <laughs> every Jesus, Sunday, just, just trying to watch the matches. Canny or jerk, canny. Yeah. And like my parents would drive me, drive us, drive me anywhere, or, or support me in any way. I remember I came back from one UK tour after dramatically smashing my guitar to bits on the last night on stage, totally accidentally. Yes, yeah. threw it from a distance and it landed and smashed. Uh, <laughs> came back, came back miserable. Went away with some money, came back with far less than that. Uh, those people have seen us sold some merchandise, but you know, I, think, I didn't know what a UK tour was going to be. We yeah. was the first one. Yeah, and I'd no guitar. Uh, my parents were, you know. They had a talk and said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna help out buy a new guitar." So, uh, yeah, oh, sweet. stuff like that. They, you didn't have to go borrow it off your man from the Hitchers, like. <laughs> no, but he would have done it. He would have given you. He would have given you the guitar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He would um, So, um, like, what made you realize then that it was time to call it quits? And uh, it's a very specific thing I remember. You, you, you no, go for it. If it's very specific. Very specific, yeah. Uh, very specific thing. Chips and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we read chips one time. No. Um, t- um, it was a, it was an email. We got an email from I can't remember who it was from. It was from someone we knew it was a manager of a band or something yeah. like that. And they, they had this opportunity for us that involved us going on this kind of uh, a multi-band build tour around the US. Um, it would for three or four months, like it would yeah. take on. It's kind of. Like a band's tour or something like that. It wasn't a band's tour, but it was something kind of similar to that, I think. Am I right? Yeah, it was a branded, like, whatever, not Vans, but some other brand was yeah. doing this, this tour. And yeah. Every 
state or whatever no, the band is. and kind of alternative yeah. heavy rock guitar music um, so we got this email anyway kind of thinking about it and then we arranged to kind of go to Keith's house to have lunch and talk about it and your mom made us a delicious meal as always mm-hmm. and we sat down eating it and talking about it and we were talking it out a little bit and we, we both kind of realised that we really weren't into actually going to the US touring around for three or four months yeah. at that stage Yeah, and that's when we both kind of done and was like yeah I don't know actually maybe we should start thinking about finishing up because yeah. last year we would have been yes let's yeah. do this this is amazing dream. Yeah. and now we're kind of like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sleeping bands and stuff yeah <laughs> uh, so that's when we kind of realised yeah Definitely, we're probably coming to an end but we're not ready to finish everything to do a bunch of stuff uh, so we, we kind of we steadily planned our, our demise and the way we were going to go about it um, which is really important because there was stuff we, we wanted to do that we hadn't really done yet as a band yeah um, that gives a good chance to reflect on what we had done at that point though as well yeah it did. Like, you know what we've actually done most of the stuff that we set out to do mm. like play at a big festival support some of our favourite bands yeah. travel do all of that stuff play yeah. in, played in New York played in Canada played yeah, in Germany was a couple played of, in the UK all of that stage we still had left to do that were big and we wanted to do them we wanted to do an acoustic tour so we had given them an acoustic yeah uh, I don't know what that was but what was that jeez I don't know why we did that <laughs> 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 it seemed like a brilliant idea it really was a kind of bugbear we had that we were going to do this <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was because Nirvana unplugged or something maybe yeah idea that we just could ended do up like plugging my acoustic guitar into Big Mad Amp yeah, <laughs> slightly less drums in my kit. <laughs> Smaller cymbals sang through them. Gas mask. Yeah, fucking yeah. leather in it though. Yeah, roared our heads off. It's just easier than having to bring around loads of stuff. I think. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe did the karaoke thing as well. Give him yeah, a karaoke. Give him a karaoke. Yeah, that was good too. Um, oh, I remember that. Those sort Does of early days of social media as well. We put it out there. We had, uh, we'd practice four songs. Yeah, and you could pick which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People would come up and sing them with us. What were the songs again? Hey Johnny Park. That's right, yeah. Born no uh Barbara O'Reilly. Oh yeah? Yeah, you you thought you picked that one. Jesus Barbara O'Reilly, yeah. yeah that was a weird one. That was alright though. Billy oh, Jean. Uh, Bill, Billy Jean. Yeah. I think it was five actually, because we'd say it ain't so and we had a Bruce Springsteen song, so what was the most what was the most common pick? Billy Jean, Billie maybe. Jean, I think, yeah. 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 Jesus. And then we just ended up doing Dancing in the Dark in our set ourselves because we really liked it. Mm. Remember we did it one night in the spirit store in Dundalk. Yeah. <laughs> we did give an acoustic up there and uh never really got a big crowd to come to us in the, the, the no, but they were manic though whoever was there yeah, there was always about 12 people yeah. there <laughs> really really wanted to be there but I remember uh, talking to Derek Turner who was, it was brilliant he, he, he's a great guy I'm sure he's still there uh, but he was kind of running the spirit store and I just asked him for some reason what do you reckon ever Bruce Springsteen covered he was like no nah, man I was like what do you mean he goes I'm a big fan of Bruce things so. Yeah. I was like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. We are too. We really like him. That's why we're doing this. Um, so, um, okay. Good. Thanks for your honesty. Oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> and people are always really honest with you, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it, they, yeah, they feel it could be because we're roaring at them for the excessive volume for about an hour. Uh, kind of bring something out of someone. Like, anyone I ever still talk to about it always talks about how pure, kind of honest it was. Like, we were just clearly just doing it for the love of it and yeah. doing the shit out of it as well we're roaring our heads off like not leaving anything there you know it was, it was yeah. really just very honest I, like I, that's one thing I'm very proud of looking back at it was just like I could never say I did, did any of that half arsed yeah. that was just yeah. from the get go we, we put every inch of ourselves into the performances uh, into the gigs um, it looked like there were some video clips of the early days like I don't recognise me really yeah, uh, but it was hundred percent me. Like, 
I, I didn't care what was going on yeah when I was up on the stage for half an hour whatever 45 minutes didn't care what was going on in front of me at all I, I knew there was an audience there but uh, like he's there and I'm there and we're just going <coughs> to for 40 minutes and it was really cathartic and such a brilliant thing to have in my life at that time actually to be able to do that and to find someone like-minded like Keith who was like yeah this is I'm doing this too yeah. uh, it's like cool <laughs> uh, two of us are doing it and we're both doing it for the same reason that we haven't ever talked about but we have to we simply have to do this yeah. and we have to keep writing songs we have to keep playing um, never talk about what the songs are about because I don't really know don't ask me that think about mm-hmm. it uh, and then they just the songs keep coming you know because mm-hmm. when it started I had a couple of songs to keep play drums on and that quickly changed to as I said Keith was a guitar player so he'd have a lot of riffs that I wasn't able to play because he plays guitar completely differently to me mm. so then I'd have to try and interpret his riffs and I, I knew he was going to like, yeah, whatever and then he kind of played them, the riffs on the drums then the way he wanted me to play on the guitar <laughs> yeah, so the songs came together like, yeah. like, like all this kind of stuff so we're finding out who each other were as, as musicians because we didn't have a history of playing together like at all you know it, yeah. it was new uh, but we were both aware of what each other had done prior so wow, it was really it was an incredible time So and, and that kind of maintained over the whole it really didn't. Maybe like you could never have introduced somebody else into that dynamic after after a very short period of time. I think it yeah. was, it needed can't to just throw be a sax player in there. Like, well, I'm yeah. trying to explain to someone why we're pausing here for five and a half seconds in the sun. Yeah, and don't look at each other actually. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Like all these kind of things, the stuff that having a two piece uh, musically, stuff that a two piece can can do, and uh, that maybe having someone else in there would upset yeah. the dynamic. They could only do. Ten by seven mastered it pretty well though. Yeah. But the, but as an instrumental band, not saying that they couldn't do it as a vocal band, but like their kind of the, the way they spoke to each other just by the looks, yeah. little nods and stuff like that was in, incredible to us. And you know, I remember a specific gig in the lobby bar in Cork. I think it was it was an outdoor oh, yeah, night. Rest, uh, it was rest go. waiting room, ten past seven, and us, and that's like nice lineup. Potentially one of my favorite gigs we ever played. I think because it wasn't nighttime either. Because remember it was sunny outside. Yeah. Uh, I was in the lobby, which wasn't massive, but a really like well-regarded venue. Cork, no longer there, unfortunately. Uh, John Spillane wrote a song about it. I said, you know, it was a good place. Yeah. Uh, Magic Nights at the Lobby Bar. Is that his song? Uh, top of John Spillane moment, actually. He was a big feature in our band as well. Uh, <laughs> there was a four-piece or a four-band bill, and it was just the best gig. Every band was playing out of our skin, just to outdo each other. We were on the same label. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like we we're talking about it earlier. It's kind of real. Like a friendly competition yeah. to say, what are they doing? Okay, we're going to go one step further. Or Rory, or was it Rory or Matt from Hepa 7 wearing some sort of dinosaur hat? It's the stuff we were doing, like, you know? Yeah. And then we got our plastic masks to wear then, and, you know, uh, just kind of uh, like fun one one man option, one upmanship. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that, that's what it was like with all the bands. I'm sure it still is, you know? It's just yeah. Kind of we make great friend, friendships great with those, friendships. those yeah. bands as well. Um, Ah, uh. time. Yeah. May <laughs> <laughs> K with the summer friends. All right. Um, yeah. So farmer yeah. interruption. Keith Rice, yeah, just making great friendships uh, throughout. Because we were all, like, we're every, all of those those lads were all in the same boat as well as us. Yeah. They were like right at the same, maybe first, second album sort of time. Uh, just trying to do what they really wanted to do was play music. Mm. And we were making those friends, friends through that, touring together. The out on them nights were mental. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. they great. They're so good. Yeah. We're really lucky to be part of that label, and we were lucky to kind of be there from the inception of it as well. And, um, 
yeah, I can't speak highly enough of those guys having set that up and, and uh, like invaluable help and assistance they've given us. Uh, to this day, I still yeah. take some of the things that I learned from those days, just as an ethos, kind of like or an, or an ethos, if you want to pronounce ethos it properly. Nice, yeah, uh, like do, just doing it, if you want to get something done, you just go out and do it, just figure out. Mm. Like the same with the, the album cover. Uh, we're, gonna, we're just not going to have an album now because we can't get a cover. No, we'll just find out a way of doing it. Yeah. You know, if you want to release an album and get it in shops, we'll just figure out a way to do that. Like to this day, I'll always do that. I've learned from that, like in my career now or whatever, just doing just get it done just make it happen yeah oh, that's brilliant good stuff Um, I might I might give you a quiz and then we can go is it like an actual quiz yes yeah, quiz and then you can do uh, just questions and quick fire questions from all the fans okay cool yeah alright alright so the quiz is on uh, duos musical duos alright okay so I'm just going to tell you an album name and then you tell me who the band is yeah okay yeah, it's gonna be a disaster. I can tell be instantly. instantly. But you're working together, like none of them. Okay, fair enough. You're bringing that old give a man kick spirit to the table. Okay, so we're not <laughs> look at each other. Don't look at each other. Okay, five <laughs> and a half seconds. <laughs> then we can go in. Okay, first one up is elephant. Boy stripes. Okay. The physical world. No idea. The physical world. Yeah. It's the ones I don't know. I'm just gonna keep saying royal blood. Oh, no, yeah. they're not on the list. Oh, okay, shit! What the hell is uh, uh, death from above. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys, okay. Uh, Sonic Citadel. Oh, lightning bolt. Yeah, as you're on fire. <laughs> fire. Uh, blueberry boat. Foster and Alan. No. Uh, uh, they're. I think they're a brother and sister. Fiery furnaces. Uh, okay. Okay. You ever toured them, did you? No, I remember that name from around when my H- working in HMV time around yeah. 2002, 2003. Yeah. I think that's when that album's from around back then. Yeah. I don't think we ever played any two pieces, actually. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, Lightning Bolt, obviously. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, yeah. Battlefields Forever. Royal Blood. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fiery Furnaces. No. Uh, I'll give you a clue. They uh, joined with the Melvins. Big business. Ah, big yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, post nothing. Get it out that silence. It's a country. And kind of mixed with a robot. Country, country robot. robot. <laughs> <laughs> Japan, Japan droids. Oh yeah, that's ah, that's okay. Yeah, no, great. Okay. I think uh, country music mixed with a robot. Sorry. Uh, ah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Street cleaner. Conflict. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think you're about, you're uh, still winning. You're 50% kind of? Yeah, I think you're just above 50. Okay. Um, I Shall Die Here. That's a good name. That's a good name for an album. Who's that? The Body. Oh, that's a great name, it's a good band. Um, okay. Are the Body a two piece? Yeah. I didn't realize that, okay. Yeah. Uh, Retrofuturism. Oh. Retro, I do know that, I, I listen to that. Yeah. Not bad, is it? Huh? No, no. a few of them. There's two of them, though, I think. Two of them. Oh, yeah. But it's not them anymore. No. Um, they'll be playing. They're playing in commercial soon enough. Jeez. Oh, TA Narrative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. And uh, last one. 
Depression breakfast. Uh, okay. <laughs> Japanese Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Party, I think. Party. I think he um, got a three point five. <laughs> three point five That's out of five. It's a decent score. We should be proud of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Did> <laughs> <not> <laughs> um. All right. Here we go now. What's this what's this is just like stuff that people sent me. Okay, the internet questions. Yeah, internet questions. Let me just look through here and see is that everything. So, can you can you tell some Albert Toomey stories? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's loads. Uh, there's a signed contract from Albert there, but in giving us our Family Guy season three. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, loads. Albert's brilliant. Albert's brilliant. Albert's fucking inspiring man, like what a legend. Yeah. I'm really delighted I know him, like, and, and I don't know, don't overstate it too much, but I, I don't know what it would be like to have not met him. I don't know what he'd be doing, to be honest, because he was so encouraging and inspiring, as you said, uh, in ways that I didn't realise at the time. It was just like, oh, like, like that's this. what's ever going to think? And, and yeah. even his belief in us early, uh, like, kept us going, you know? Um, we wouldn't, do, we wouldn't be doing this podcast because we wouldn't have we wouldn't have gotten to where we got to in the yeah. end if it wasn't for Albert. So like if yeah. you if you were kind of doubtful or would he be there to pick you up? Yeah, oh, he's just brilliant. Like, he's just he's just an amazing guy. And, and he, he we were sad when he moved to Limerick. Limerick was sad when we moved to Cork. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, like just the whole city was like, oh, fuck it, last Edward to Cork. Mm. Uh, but even Washington when he started working the plug down there the influence he, he started immediately having on the kind of the music scene down there and yeah. the young bands that were forming like er- everything Albert did was to do with the community where he was living he was yeah. brilliant at bringing people together and and bringing bands to town because they knew him to go that guy Albert yeah, let's go play in Limerick you know Yeah. Uh, and, and he was integral in setting up and maintaining the AMC the Dispersion Music Collective like in the amount of bands about the town and we'd see the way he was interacting with people uh, you know with bands and the way he treat them and the way they treat him uh, because of that, and it was a real learning curve for us to see that because I didn't really know how to act with people at all. It was, it was nonsense, you know. Uh, it was nonsense. Told <laughs> me on that. So I learned a lot from the wash, washing the way, washing the way Albert kind of was, you know. Yeah. Is still to this day, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, if you trace back the the success that Limerick Music has today and how brilliant it is and how vibrant that scene is now, you can trace it all the way back to those days. Yeah. Like obviously, there were people before Albert as well that. You know, that were hugely integral, but it was a huge moment when Albert started with everyone else, you know, bringing huge bands to to Limerick because it just fucking showed everyone it's possible to do this. Mm. Like Fugazi playing in Limerick, uh, the IAAs playing the High Stool, Explosions in the Sky, like just the lists of bands that played yeah, in Ireland sense. within a couple of years was insane. And it just it, what it did was inspire a whole community of people to be like, oh yeah, I've been yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. and Albert was there to help with the report, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he's an amazing guy. I'm sure we have a million stories about him, as he would about us, most definitely. Yeah. He, he heard about this kebab. Right. <laughs> he could only get in a certain place. It was the size of a baby. Yeah. Did, he get, did he get it? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, we had many pictures of him eating it in a hotel room. <laughs> in a hotel room that had a shower on the step at the end of both our beds. Just a shower. Oh. It was really weird. Do you remember how we got that place? That was. Richard Topham. Yeah, this sorry, amazing I don't want to speak derogatory, but yeah, he was just he, actually, a, he was a big fan of the band, and, and, he used and to Sheffield around. was his hometown. Yeah. yeah, and he used to live in Ireland, and he used to come around to loads of gigs for Give Man a Kick. And when he heard that we were playing in Sheffield, 
he organised and paid for a B&B for us to stay yeah. in his hometown. He wasn't even there. He yeah. wasn't even there. We just did it because he really wanted us cool guy. to be comfortable in his hometown, which is a legendary thing to do. But there was a shower at the end of Border Bay. It's just a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <a> separate room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out to Richard Tappen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice one, Richard. Um, this was someone wanted to know, did you ever manage to kick the man? No, I don't think so. You no, got away. I've never tried. Then this was just uh, just a shout out to your gig in Castle Gregory. We were only talking about that in the, we were, the we drive were. out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to gig in Castle Gregory. You blew the roof off this sleepy town. Yeah. Thank you, whoever said that. That's not my recollection of it exactly. <laughs> I think we might have tried to blow the roof off. Yeah. They turned, they made I think it stop. They kept rushed, the owner rushed in. The man, the man, the man stopped you. Yeah, yeah, uh, the who, woman. Who, who actually, was the woman, yeah, who, who owned the place. <laughs> she was lovely as well, but I think uh, she had booked us, and this happened to us on more than one occasion. She had booked us on the strength of somebody going, You have to see this band. And she's like, Okay, and booked us, not, not listening to us, have never heard us. And then we two two songs are doing her thing, rushing, go, No, you have to stop it, but it's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it's Saturday night and they're under holidays. The windows are breaking. This is not, not what it's built for. But then poor old Eric, who we mentioned a while ago, was was at the sound desk, yes. which was just like a, an eight fader desk that was yeah. just for vocals or whatever, and maybe a, a kick drum. Uh, she was like, Turn it down, turn it down. He's like, I can't turn it down with this, this is going to do it. So we ended up playing, I had to come off the drums yeah. and try and figure out. So we played The Needle in the Damage Done because I knew I was playing that. In the guitar. That's right, yeah, yeah. You played I sang my falsetto voice. We did a Green Day song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Eric liked it. I remember Eric there nodding and I was going to ask him, Okay, it's going okay. And then the lady coming back and going, Look, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay you. Yeah. Just go. Just get out of Castle Gregory. But we had a brilliant time with Castle Gregory. You know, we stayed there that night. Like, yeah. And you were just there recently. Did you get any dirty looks? Or? No, no. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> quite a while ago now. It's blown over. Um, <laughs> okay, what what moment or gig achievement are you most proud of? Yeah. Uh, I think my most enormous sense of pride was. Um, Unusually, at her very last gig in Dolan's, uh, and to see people's faces, uh, the people who turned out to see us play our last gig, and to see that they were kind of sad, uh, and our parents were there. That was like, geez, that we've had an impact on people, kind of a feeling, you yeah. know. Um, and and it was it was really special actually, uh, and yeah, that that yes. that's when I realised kind of. Jeez, we, we've fair play to us kind yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of said maybe not that exact gig, but that that time, that four gigs together. Just I remember in Whelan's just before the encore, coming off and just like completely breaking down backstage. Remember that? Yeah, it was on a junction. Yeah, fucking hell, it's all yeah. coming out. Just yeah. all yeah. came out yeah. in that particular moment. Then we had to go back and play another couple a of songs. More after delay for me or something. Or what it was it? Like. I was still like, I'm playing gigs, kind of thing, you know. And yeah. It was until a while after, it was like, oh. <laughs> the kind of, the, the it was coming to an end, and you could feel it kind of, okay, we're winding down here, shit. Mm. I loved doing this, like, this is this is yeah. an identity thing now, and what am I going to do after this? Yeah, part of who we are. You know? Yeah. I loved yeah. our uh, our goodbye video, though. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> that was a while, fucking weird and stupid. Again, that 
PJ Newton's generosity, we were able to kind of hit the run at that empty Dell factory, and there was some old golf carts in there with like you know like a small bit of battery, so we could only use them every now and again. So we used this golf cart <laughs> for to announce our kind of intention to split up and do a, a kind of final tour. Yeah. And then we drove our golf cart away from the video, and it just it was running out of battery. Security <laughs> it just took yeah. ages for us to get away, but we left the camera on. Yeah, let it run through. It's probably like a minute and a half. Yeah, just cruising down. See what was hopping off, just giving it a push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the fact that like after all that time, you're still good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Like I think that's really important because yeah, like the honesty we had when we sat down that time, going, I'm not going to, I'm not going to America for three or four months. Yeah, yeah. And that we both felt that way was was really important and significant. You know, and we felt that we could definitely say that to each other. And you definitely. Like still, you had a massive impact, and even there the other night, um, I started talking to this guy, and someone had said something to me about doing a podcast, and he's like, "Oh, you do podcasts?" Yeah, and then he said, "Who are you doing next?" And I said, "Give a man a kick," and he was just like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" Like, and he was straight away, you know, get the phone out, and he's like, "Show me what's your podcast called?" And I know it. Yeah, and he just started like talking about give a man kicked gigs and everything, you know, and, yeah, and um, yeah, it's I think you know definitely there's. If if you meet anyone who's been to one of the gigs, you know everyone will have the same kind of reaction. Three point five out of five. <laughs> 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 that was out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> was that out of ten? Yeah. Sorry, no, out of five. Out of five. Yeah, but no, that is. I think I think it is a great achievement to go that long and then to be able to come down here and sit down with me, like, and yeah, be able to so. chat about it, like, yeah. But like, we're it, it's we're we're actually family now. Uh, uh, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife is Stephen's first cousin, yeah. and like that goes back. Our Jen and I, my relationship goes back to like the very first time I saw Steve playing music and when playing the tooth. Yeah, and I met her at that, and then whatever now, well, yeah, it's twenty five years later. Yeah, yeah, we're married. You're forced to be friends, two kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so we get to meet at family occasions, even if we don't get to meet at gigs anymore as much. I don't think she she liked you back twenty five years ago. What is um what's your favourite merch that you released? Golf balls. hundred <laughs> percent the golf balls. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the golf balls, yeah. 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 I mean after a while it wasn't a good idea because we realised that they could be used as missiles. Yeah. Uh, if people wanted to, and I started to get about a bit paranoid that people were going to throw them at us on the stage or something, I don't know why. Uh, nobody ever did at all. No, just uh, a, in a flat. Once somebody bounced one after a hard. He kept doing it repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. Close close and and I, I couldn't tell him to stop because he, he may have been one of the owners of the venue. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think the other owner venue just said, I'll just take you away now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go there. I'm trying to put a Steve's head there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> surely we had other stuff that we we were always coming up with weird ideas for merch. What else do we have? Golf balls is probably the weirdest. There was a specific question badges related and to the merch. Um, the, we did a lot of badges, a lot of different badges and stickers and stuff over the years as well. Um, there was the comic book that our friend Con made. That, oh, uh, the one you showed me there. That yeah, in, yeah, in that's in class. That there. That was for like the. Did you run a hundred or something? We did our first. Uh, is it okay to be loud, Jesus? Uh, the first kind of 50 of those CDs were wrapped in tinfoil. We wrapped them in tinfoil. Uh, I know some people still have them. I think Steve Murray said on Twitter the other day, actually, he said it's his tinfoil CD from the Globe. No way. Colored tinfoil. Yeah, shout out to Steve Murray. Uh, whose idea was Asthma Boy? 
Oh, that was a sticker with the Esme. <laughs> Did Ashley yeah. ask that by any chance? Huh? Did Ashley ask that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she was really that. She found that harrowing. I don't know why. Do you remember that? You yeah, made yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that came from the artwork for Weird Way Forward. Yeah. And oh, okay. Was, that that artwork was done by a fellow called Ian McInerney, um, and he just he, a brilliant artist and illustrator, and he illustrated all these different. He just take he'd taken images from different magazines and stuff and collaged them and then drawn over them yeah. so he's just making all these different people so like the insert the insert is um, Arnold Schwarzenegger with somebody else but it's an illustrated as well. yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's an illustrative version of all of that so okay. that's where Asma Boy came from he's just one of his characters okay. and we both uh, have Asma and using haters so we're like yeah cool get Asma <laughs> Boy in there both you have Asma yeah? yeah yeah Jesus um where so this is like this is <laughs> this is a fairly common question like are you getting together again ah uh, jeez I don't know um, I had a conversation with someone recently uh, and that's me name, name dropping but I, I was speaking to, to this person uh, and it was Neil Dunn who's a, an incredible artist in her own right but it's also in the band Bioga the, the extremely accomplished and famous band Bioga <laughs> and I, I, did, I was just talking to her and she kind of clocked that I was in Give Me A Kick she was oh my god I'm a Give Me A Kick story I was like give it to me I love Give Me A Kick stories uh, and this is in Dolan's and she was like um, do you remember this gig in the high stool that you were playing I was like you've got to be more specific than that three nights a week she goes do you remember at one stage I, you probably don't remember I'm going to tell you anyway but uh, you were playing and I hopped up on stage with my fiddle and I started playing with you for three songs I was like oh no no I have a vague recollection of this oh, I'm hey. texting you about it then yeah. you remember this uh, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I used to go to other gigs, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to have my fiddle with me, and I didn't get enough playing fiddle with you. And I, I had this kind of recollection at the time, I was like, what's going on? Stop playing fiddle, okay, keep going, class. And then she was gone again, and it was just kind of normal, <laughs> just normal, uh, because, you know, that was potentially the noise fest where there was a fellow playing a hoover, yeah, like an hour earlier, and th these things were kind of normal. Um, but then she was like, um, are you ever going to get back together, you know? And I was like, jeez, I don't know, um, I'd hate it to be shit. And she's like, you're dead right. Yeah, if it wasn't shit, would you? It's like, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, we wouldn't just. We're not. I, I know that we'd never just. Yeah, come on, back there, we'll give it a go, because we'd be worried that it would be shit. Yeah. And uh, it's really important to us the work we had done, and even the couple of reunion shows we did, we worked really hard at them as well, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, they were energetic young men um, playing those gigs back then, uh, and they're really physical kind of gigs. Yeah. And if I had to do one tomorrow, I wouldn't be able. Definitely not. I just wouldn't be able to do it. I would. It'd be shit though. And just, so there's no way I would do that yeah. to the memory of, of what, what we made. You know? Is it like vocally? Would that even be difficult? Oh, everything. Like everything. <laughs> moving around. Yeah. Yeah. Bend down to plug something. Yeah. I I I kind of always saw it as like they were. Steve saying there about uh, they were young men they were they were and those albums and those songs were all representative of those young men doing whatever they were doing at that time with all of that energy so I think if we were to do something else down the line very like very far down the line it would be representative of those old men doing that mm. you know so I don't think it would be as and don't think it would be as you know mental and manic yeah. but it might who knows what we're going to do it again you know yeah but I think it would be not trying to be anything like we what we were. Yeah. And even if we were to do a reunion. Because we're not gig, those people anymore. We're not those people yeah. anymore. Even if we're doing a reunion gig to just to to celebrate, mm. 
I think we'd need to be in a different place in our lives where we've just loads of time to practice. And see, get, see it a gig. Get it, get at it. See it a gig, yeah. We did that with giving acoustic, actually. I said that. Yeah, that was another thing that was different. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I spoke to people who were at that gig uh, yeah. and I'd forgotten about that gig until they said I was at that gig in Bill Table when I was 15. So, I forgot about that gig. So, yeah, you ran around and went out one door and came back in the other door. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Pass. When is the next acoustic tour and would you record some versions from that tour? Uh, there won't be another acoustic tour. That was a point. one-off thing. Yeah. Follow up to the recordings. Sorry. Why not? What was that? Like, follow-up question. I guess he said you'd say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> good preemptive strike. Yeah. Um, it was too good. It yeah. never be reproduced. Um, yeah, like so. Yeah, there was a few more here. Just saying, like, surely there's going to be a reunion show. Did so, they know we already did a reunion show? Yeah, I don't know what they think Best a reunion show is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get onto these guys. Um, so, and then there's someone saying, "Who? What was your favorite support? Like, favorite band to support? Deftones, maybe. That was a brilliant one. Probably lightning bolt for me. Yeah, yeah. Deftones is amazing. It was a mad, a mad day in the lead up to it but then uh, back in those days we were trying our best to get as many of our friends to gigs as we possibly could um, so we did this thing for Oxygen or no Electric Picnic, Electric Picnic. and um, the Deftones support where we bring up 10 of our friends on stage wearing masks and then like when this big kick in happened they'd all just fall to the floor and like it, it was really dramatic and it really worked but it was just a, for us it was just originally it was a way of how are we going to get 10 and 10 of our friends to uh, come to mm. electric picnic for free yeah so that, that worked and then we said we do it for Deftones as well so we did all that and we were facing each other uh, on the stage so I had my back across the stage so I was facing sideways and I noticed this, this guy was sitting on a stool the whole way through the gig in the corner of the thing I was just kind of aware of him I didn't really see who it was he had, he had a hood up and we're coming off stage your man goes sweet show man yeah. it was Abe Cunningham like, yeah. one of my favourite drummers of all time he just sat you know 20 feet behind me yeah. even 10 feet behind me watching the whole gig and that was an amazing amazing feeling like. yeah. and then we partied with them for the night afterwards Steve went home I went home he didn't drive at that stage so yeah, I was true. the driver at all times to give him a gig so it was easier for me to just go because I had to anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I knew those Dublin ones because I had a sister living in, du- in Dublin I could always stay over so I kind of made those more crap yeah Karen yeah, yeah, yeah. Put us up so much. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the electric picnic gig actually, the early one, the morning one. That was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. That was that was that one where everyone fell down. That's on YouTube. That one. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Because I remember like sending our kind of our, our requirements kind of a week before like picnic and the uh, the promoter who was leagues of two at the time getting back on. Hey Steve, just wondering what these twelve extra people in your two-piece band are about. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're dentures. So, and he's like, right, uh, leave it with me. <laughs> and we were like, we have to get them in. We told our friends, you know, that they can get into electric picnic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he got back going, yeah, that should be fine. So then we had to go. Okay, right, we actually. Did you get day pass or weekend pass? Or? Weekend, weekend pass. Oh, get paid. Everything was great. Yeah. Sweet. You know, so we had to get them to do something. Together. So we, we rehearsed with them, uh, and we, we rehearsed in this one song, one extended run of the band. That the, that this, this was the song where he used to go. Yeah, yeah. And tap, oh, yeah. tap his uh, his hands on his ears and other people's ears as well. Uh, we weren't going to be able to do that in electric picnic, so we had all these people in masks come on the stage and stand in front and clap their ears. And when the sun came back in, they all fell down. 
It was quite dramatic, wasn't it? It was very yeah. dramatic, yeah. yeah. I was there, yeah. I was at that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you find it dramatic? Oh, I was stunned. Yeah. I did. appreciate you coming out now to do this. And like even the amount of people there who got in touch with me and just how much he meant to everyone. Great. And the scene in Limerick and just even not even Limerick, Castle Gregory as well, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> he made a big impact. But yeah, you were always one of my favourite ba- live bands that I've ever seen, like you know. But not bands, just live bands. Just, just, just live bands. Just yeah, live yeah, bands. Yeah, everything else is three point five. Yeah, everything else is three point five. A tin tin drum sound and all that. <laughs> but um yeah, no, it's fucking pleasure now that you came out here to, and get to talk to you about your career. Um is there anything else you want to say? I'm sure there's a load we're going to be talking about Jesus, now on the way home. Yeah. Going, oh, I never said this, we never mentioned them. Uh, I feel like tip of the iceberg now and uh, another four hours. Something yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and I guess I'm, I'm just always kind of. I'm extremely grateful in retrospect, in retrospect to all the people who helped us along the way. Maybe I didn't express that along the way. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, I kind of regret that a little bit. Uh, so I can't start naming names, but there were so many people who helped us in the early days and along the whole time we existed, actually. That, uh, I'm so grateful for that because you know, you know, we mentioned Albert. Obviously, he was there for from like, obviously Richard and Kieran from Albany as well, and Eric who like so much stuff with us uh, um, over the, over a few years and everything. And I've started to name names now. Yeah, I said I wouldn't. Yeah, you can't anyway. people out now straight away. No, terrible. Sorry, everybody else, you're all brilliant, and thank you for all your help. Uh, you, you really helped us, and we made some lifelong friends. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I don't want to thank anyone. I don't okay. leave anyone out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's it's it was like I think about identity a lot. You know, when you get to you know having kids and stuff like that, when you're kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Who am I? And all this sort of stuff. I always come back to those times because they were just like absolutely, you know, representative of who I who I was as a person. Yeah. And it just came out. Um, so you know, just an amazing thing to do and. So proud of what we did. Yeah, formative times, weren't they? Really were, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, everything we kind of continued on in our lives came from that. It, we never kind of left and go, well, that's it now, separate that from everything else. Yeah. It's still, it's still with us, you know. Yeah. Definitely informed every decision. You know, not not looking back and going, because of giving man a kick, I make this decision, but it was just it, it what formed. Would give a man a kick, too. <laughs> yeah, in this moment, <laughs> what would we do? But it didn't, what it made, like, it just made. Um, the idea of doing it yourself, the idea of like reaching out, being sound to people, mm. you know, being upfront and honest with you know, the way you, the way you feel about a thing creatively or whatever. It's it was always came back to that, yeah, yeah. and will always kind of stem from that. Yeah, because that was our learning curve. That's how we learned to kind of to behave like that. Because I didn't arrive behaving like that, and I still have to I'm keen to point that out. Well, you know what you what you you were nonsense. <laughs> and what what you said earlier about Albert, people have said to me about you. Oh yeah? Yeah. No way. That they are nonsense, but the, <laughs> the, the they've they've like you know, from you to like you and Andy that oh, yeah. well, And I, I have more than one person said that to me like so That's cool. You know, it's uh continuing on. That's cool. That yeah. cool. And I'm sure those people will do the same to the next generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, hope so. Yeah. I see that you know, they are already I think. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, again, just I assume we're talking about maybe people I was working with in music generation yeah. over the years and stuff like that, and uh, who are now established artists because they're great. And uh, I see the way they approach their work as well, and 
I can see how that's influenced people who are younger than them directly already. Yeah. Um, seeing these artists coming out of Limerick. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really important. We love Limerick. Yeah. And we want to see it uh, continue doing well as it has been over the years. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just, you know, the AMC were brilliant to us, just like kind of the lads from LSA, LASA are now, and, uh, and Bad Reputation, things like that. And loads of other promotions, uh, company I can't think of, but, uh, you know, putting on gigs in Limerick, making yeah. Limerick the place people want to play. Yeah. And even the Music Den gig that was there recently, like that was on the rain. The All Day One and Dolan? Yeah. That was a big yeah. deal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That was really great. Really unbelievable amount of yeah, talent yeah. like yeah. you know so yeah. and it's the, the best thing about Limerick is it's nothing to prove Limerick never has anything to prove and we always no. took that like we were never going to be um, relocated to some place that we felt I was asked it was a lot wasn't it so many times yeah. we ever go to, we go to London like we go to London <laughs> yeah. like, no we're, we're from Limerick like <laughs> we go there yeah. um, because you know people come to Limerick then they're like oh my god this is amazing like this is class why didn't, why didn't everybody know about this yeah. because like, we don't give a shit you know mm. we don't need anyone to tell us that we're great yeah Limerick you know we just we just do what we do and are proud of it mm. that's what makes Limerick such such a you know brilliant place to be a creative person in yes it's really inclusive it if somebody in Limerick sees you trying to do something you're going to get you're going to get help like you know mm. you look like you're trying to make an effort there it could help you yeah. You know, uh, I love that about it. Yeah, it's happened to me. Making a podcast, and people are like, "Yeah, I'll talk to you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll talk to you. No worries. Um, yeah. So there's it. There's a, a drum kit and a guitar behind you there, lads. Gonna <laughs> 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 get an exclusive here. <laughs> exclusive for the podcast. Yeah, reunion performance that everyone's <laughs> crying out for. So we haven't. There's no date on that anyway. No. 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 For all the people asking. Um, yeah, thanks a million, Steve, Keith. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, thanks very much. much for having us. No worries. Okay.